my biggest piece of advice, and I always say this, is just go for it. It's it's scary. It definitely is to just buy a one-way plane ticket to the other side of the planet. But, like, you won't regret it. You're going to find a place that fits you perfectly. Hello, you're listening to Teach Abroad Pod. This is the travel podcast by traveling teachers for traveling teachers. I'm Nicola. And I'm Allison. Welcome to our very first episode. We are so excited to be here talking to you about our favorite thing, which is traveling and teaching abroad. We started the Teach Abroad pod because we're obsessed with traveling and we like to share our travel obsession with anyone who is willing to listen and uh, we might even have some good advice for you. Teaching abroad is an awesome practical way to immerse yourself in a new country, do something meaningful, and travel the world without needing massive savings. That's exactly right. So Allison and I both, when we started teaching and traveling, started blogs about our travels. And we got the idea for this podcast because we were both getting a lot of questions from people who were interested in doing what we were doing and what a lot of people are doing. There's a lot of information. It can be really intimidating. If you don't know where to start, we wanted to just be a place where you could start. It can definitely be very scary to go from university or a traditional job back home into a teaching job in a new country. So we wanted to just have this to be a place where we can support each other and talk about how to teach and travel and what to expect when you do and all the different options you have. We've also learned that there are so many traveling teachers out there in the world who are doing incredible things. People who are traveling and support themselves working online, people who travel as a couple, people who teach later in life. It's not just for people right out of university to go you know, see the world and travel myself traveling with pets and I know a lot of other people are <laughs> interested in that that aspect of it people who are teaching at international schools or work in really remote villages people are rocking it in every corner of the globe and we want to share their stories so that's what this show is going to be about we will interview someone who teaches abroad and you'll learn where they went how they got there the steps they took to have that life and we'll hear tons of stories about all the different paths you can take on your adventure abroad. Each episode, we're going to answer listener questions about teaching abroad and traveling so you can get some real practical advice. And at the end of each episode, we'll tell you where you can find more information about the things we discuss in the show. We'll also tell you where you can find us on social media, how you can submit listener questions, and how you can get more involved with Teach Abroad Pod. So make sure to stick around all the way until the end. All right, so we have a lot of exciting things coming today. Really, it's just me and Nicola talking your ear off. <laughs> today, we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, so let's dive in. All right, Nicola, where in the world are you and how did you get there? So I am actually in Bali, Indonesia right now, and it's absolutely amazing. I had really high expectations for Bali. I mean, I've seen it everywhere on Travel Channel and Instagram, and it has always looked beautiful and just amazing, and it's even better than I imagined, uh, which is really, really cool. And I've been in Asia for almost four months now, and I'm in Bali because a friend of mine is actually coming to Bali for a wedding. And since I work online, I've got a ton of flexibility. So I was able to come over from Thailand to Bali when my friends were here and meet up with them. That's so cool. Well, you just said it, but tell us more about where you teach or like how you teach and how you found your job. Yeah. So I teach online with VIP Kid. I was a traditional teacher first. I taught science in America 
and I knew I wanted to travel. I loved teaching. So I originally thought I would get a teaching job abroad, probably what you're thinking of doing. And then a friend of mine who was also teaching found out that I was interested in traveling and just came into my classroom one day and was like, have you heard about VIP Kid? Look, it's so cute and it's all (laughs) online. And she was telling me all about it and telling me all these cute stories about the kids. And it just sounded really, really cool. So I I joined VIP Kid. It was my plan to just have it as a part-time job over the summer. And then I would move abroad in the fall and get a job in a brick and mortar school somewhere in the world. But over the summer, I really, really liked it. And I was making good money and the kids were just so cute. It was really great. And so I just, I did some research about the pay for teachers in a ton of different countries. And it was like most places you can make more with an online company and then you don't have to worry about commuting or anything like that. So I didn't use an agency or anything. I just went through their recruitment process and I watched a ton of YouTube videos and got my job in June. And then I went abroad in October. Yeah. So I had my job for a few months with them before I left. And how did you decide where you're going to go? So this was really difficult because originally I thought I'll just get a teaching job somewhere and go there. But now that I was online, it was kind of like, I can go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a lot of places. So I am. To- I love blogs. I've always been into blogs. And I had read this blog of another traveling couple, I think. And they were talking about house sitting. And I am all about saving some money. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it sounded really cool. I did a little research into that. House sitting is where you pretty much someone else is traveling. So you live in their house and take care of their pets in their home while they're away. They don't have to pay for a pet sitter and you don't have to pay for a place to stay. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna save me some money, made an account, and then basically just applied to house sits everywhere in the world in the month of October. That, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have no idea where to go, you just apply and see what you get. <laughs> Especially when you're teaching online and have that flexibility to just go wherever. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I really liked about it was as long as there's good internet, you can pretty much go wherever you get an opportunity, which is cool. Yeah. So I guess I think I heard back a few days later from one of the house sits. House sitting can be very competitive. You have to cast a very wide net and be okay not getting the Parisian penthouse in the first air in Decent <laughs> So I I heard back from a house sit in the UK. I bought a one-way ticket and I was off. (laughs) Nice. I'm so into that. So you're off to London. Kind of. Oh, sorry. The UK. Sorry. (laughs) What were you thinking the day before you left for the UK? So I was so excited, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into I had managed to line up my first two house sits before leaving. So I knew where I would be my first six weeks abroad. But beyond that, I had no idea. And I was a little nervous because I would be in Europe where the cost of living is quite expensive. So I was like, oh my gosh, if I can't find a house sit, I'm going to be broke. (laughs) But, But I was trying to just have faith in the universe. Yeah, I definitely wanted it to be an adventure, but that's kind of scary. So I was also really stressed about how to pack because I didn't know if I would be in warm countries or cold countries. Literally had no idea where I was going since my plan was just to follow the house sit opportunities. So it was basically me and like my poor mom watching me frantically pack and unpack my bag and getting mad at myself for packing too much and 
she had to bring me like emergency Chipotle. It was a whole thing. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. That's the best. I love this. <laughs> I feel like everyone had a panicked the first time I left abroad story, though. It's just like no one is chill when they first go. No one. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, the first time I went abroad was also to the UK. I think it's an awesome starting point. But my dad always says he's the one who dropped me off at the airport. It was I was there with my friend. And he was like, if your friend hadn't been there, I don't think you would have got on the plane. You were shaking and teary eyed. I was like, it was fine. I was fine. He was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, sure you were. (laughs) All right. What's life like as a VIP kid teacher? I really enjoy it. VIP kid does all your lesson planning and the lessons are really fun and pretty cute and interactive for the kids. So they they clearly enjoy it. And there's not really any outside prep time for teachers. I really like that I get to make my own schedule and I can take off whenever I want. So I know like for the upcoming, this upcoming week, I've got friends in town. I can kind of not be working so much. And when my sister came to visit at Christmas last year. I took off six days and no one asked any questions. You can just do that. And then the pay for online, and this is VIP Kid, but a lot of the other online companies are similar and their pay is usually around 17 to 22 an hour, which is really good considering you don't have to drive anywhere or you don't have to like go to staff meetings or any extracurricular <laughs> stuff. Because <laughs> I know brick and mortar teachers have a lot of other obligations that you're not necessarily compensated for. So it's really nice that you're very engaged. You have to be very focused, but you are only working for the time that you're getting paid for, which I liked. The only thing that's kind of difficult with the online teaching companies is most of them are geared toward the China market, which means that you have to work with the kids' schedules when they're out of school. So if you're in Europe or Asia, it's great. You can work in the afternoon or the evening. But if you're in the States, especially our poor friends out in California, you're going to have a very, very early morning. In China or in Europe, it was perfect. You could just work, you know, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Take a lunch break. It's great. In Asia, it's, it's a little different because it's evening hours, but it's still quite nice. No early mornings. I know when I go back home to the States to visit, it's going to be like, all right, up at five. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask how many hours a week do you usually work? So I usually do between 20 and 25 hours a week. It's very easy to be comfortable on 20 to 25 hours a week. Especially in Asia, you can be comfortable just staying in an apartment or whatever. But in Europe, if you're house sitting, you might be a little might be a little difficult to swing 20 hours if you're not house sitting because Europe can be more expensive. You could work more than that if you wanted, if you were trying to save up. But it's pretty easy to have a nice, comfortable life. So uh, what's your favorite teaching story? Okay, so this might have just happened today. So... <laughs> I texted you about it before we started recording because I kept laughing so hard. I have this student who just out of the blue, so there's like a chat feature where the kids can talk to you and we were just chatting and it's all good. And she messaged me, sometimes I think you're a robot in my computer. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Kind of adorable. She's amazing. I mean, don't we all just kind of wonder if the people in our computers are robots sometimes? I mean, it's fair, especially like for a kid to be like, I I don't know you in real life. I've only ever seen you in this little box. I know. It's so cute. But yeah, they're, they're, they're so sweet, though. I've, I've had, I mean, they're all amazing. Every time I have a student, I'm just like, this is my new favorite kid. No, this is my new favorite kid. They're, they're really, really good. <laughs> 
Um, so what was life like living in a different country every month? Because that's super interesting to me. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I've, it, it's definitely strange. And some, some things become normal that aren't normal for most people because I don't have a home base other than when I go back to visit my parents in the States. I usually stay in each place for like a month, maybe six weeks and then move on. And I, I do like to go, for me, that's like going pretty slowly. I know it's not for people who plan to like move somewhere for two years, but for me, that's quite slow. Mm-hmm. And it's just enough time to get a feel for a place, get kind of comfortable and then, and really start to appreciate a place and make some friends, but then you won't get bored. So just when things start to feel a little too comfortable, I can pack up my bag and head somewhere new. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah, and I, I've been able to try like a lot of local stuff, like cooking classes in Thailand, Christmas markets in Belgium. I'm making a complete fool out of myself trying to surf here in Bali. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good, yeah. So you just kind of try to do what people are doing in the place you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's been surprisingly easy to meet friends, though. Like people ask me a lot about, like, do you get lonely? And it's like, really? No, there's a lot of travelers, especially now. I feel like there's more and more solo travelers. It's becoming more popular. And I'll go on a lot of organized guided tours and almost every time I end up meeting someone who's cool and we'll hang out and then through them you meet someone else and through them you meet someone else. And so there's there's always hostels in town. You can go hang out at the hostel bar. You'll definitely meet people there. (laughs) Do you feel like you have to be like more extroverted to do that? Oh, no, I'm so introverted most of the time. Okay. I guess it would be fine both ways. If you're an extrovert, you would meet a ton of new people and like constantly have the excitement of new experiences. But if if you're an introvert like me, you also have the option to just chill by yourself all the time if you want. <laughs> yeah. Be very productive if you want. I feel like it could work both ways. You can be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> So I know you were talking about house sitting. Is that a website? How do you find housing? Yeah, so there are house sitting websites and usually there's an annual fee that you pay, which just kind of helps make sure it's not rando creepers. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I do the trusted house sitters. There's also a bunch of other house sitting websites that are also good. I just have stuck with one because uh, I've been successful finding stuff on them so far, but there's a lot of other ones that are similar. When I can't find a house sit, which does happen because they're definitely more concentrated in the U.S. and Europe, I do like Airbnbs because you can get, often you can get monthly and weekly discounts if you do an Airbnb. Right now I'm staying in like this nice hotel resort thing because it was on Airbnb and they gave me a crazy monthly discount. Yeah. I can't do hostels because I need a private room for VIP kid and good internet. But you can have your house sit host or your Airbnb host do a speed test before you accept. So that's a good way if you're traveling and teaching online. Online teachers become a little bit obsessed with Wi-Fi. If you're if you're not like super addicted to Wi-Fi yet, you're bound to be if you choose to. <laughs> uh, well, have you ever tried couch surfing? I haven't. I've looked into it actually in Europe. It sounds really cool. I was just worried about the internet. Have you done it? I haven't. I'm, I'm too scared. So I want to know if you had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. See, I'm not I'm not scared of much anymore. <laughs> but if you so, OK, if you're listening to this and you have done house sitting or no, sorry, that's me. If you've done couch surfing, send us an email because we want to know what happened. We're fascinated. We want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to go totally in a different direction. Yes. I want to know what your best piece of advice 
is for somebody who's looking to teach online and go abroad? Yeah. Okay. So get your teaching online job early, a few months before you want to go abroad because few reasons. There are a ton of companies that offer English classes online and they're all a little bit different. So you want to find one that's good for you and your work style and all that. You also will take a little while to build up regular clients and you don't want to go abroad when you're only like getting three kids a week because that's going to be expensive really fast. (laughs) And it can take a while to sort out paperwork. It is a legitimate job where you have to submit paperwork and stuff. So I know a lot of people here online and think you can just apply with your Facebook account or something. But no, you're going to have to do just like any other job, all the paperwork stuff. So just do it before you're ready to go. That way you have time to like get everything sorted out and build up your clients. Mm -hmm. And then for house sitting, if you want to house sit, definitely cast a very wide net. If you have your heart set on one specific neighborhood of one place, like you're probably not going to find it. Just be really flexible with where you're willing to go and be open to new opportunities because you'll find some really cool stuff on there. I got to take care of four chickens (laughs) and they kept... Wait, sidebar about the chickens. Four chickens, amazing. They kept jumping their electrical fence and surviving. (laughs) Again and again. And I was just like, guys, what are we doing? Oh my gosh. Those chickens were the best. They were so great. Anyway, so just be open-minded to different animals, to different places, and you'll find something awesome and you'll get to explore somewhere that maybe wasn't even on your list, which is kind of cool. Oh my gosh, so wait. I've been talking your ear off. Allison, (laughs) I want to know about you. (laughs) Where in the world are you and how did you get there? So currently I'm living in Berlin, Germany. I'm here for grad school, but I'm also teaching online to pay the rent (laughs) while in said grad school. I used to teach in Bangkok at an international school. How did you pick your school? How did you pick your job in Bangkok? So (laughs) I actually, so I au paired, which is like nannying in Germany in 2016. And I really, really wanted to go back to Germany. And the market's not as good in Europe. So I was trying to figure out different ways to go back to Germany. And then I found a position in Spain and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Spain And I got that job and then it fell through and I was in a full panic. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I met this woman who taught in Bangkok and she was like, I was there for four years. I loved it. It was amazing. And I was like, sign me up. So I found my teaching job on ajarn.com, which is a big website that a lot of people use if they're going to Thailand because they have job postings from all over the country. So if you're like, oh, I really want to live in the islands and I want to make this much money, just put it in and they'll send you all the jobs that fit into your qualifiers. And for those of you who are interested in that, it's ajarn.com. But it worked really well. I found a job at an international school teaching first grade English and social studies. And it was so cute and so fun, but definitely like a lot of work. Like you were saying, when you're at the international school, you also have to participate in like certain events that they're holding. You have to do all your lesson planning. You have to do student or parent teacher conferences, all that fun stuff. So it's a, it's a bit more work. I know I had a friend who worked at a Thai school and it was a lot like 
she just had to go in and teach her classes and then she was done. So if you're looking for a little bit lower maintenance kind of a job, maybe steer clear of the international schools because it is a lot of extra work, but it is super fun. Can I pick your brain a little bit about the international school though? Because sure. I've heard of that a lot being like a pretty prestigious position. What are the qualifications, that kind of thing for an international school job? Mine wasn't super prestigious. I know a lot of them are. So like there's the American school in Bangkok and that you have to have a master's in education to even apply there. A lot of times it is really prestigious. Mine was less so. (laughs) I have a bachelor's degree in art history and I have a TEFL certification and they were like, yeah, cool, come on. (laughs) How did you set everything up? Well, I found them on Ajarn. And they were like one of 10 schools that I emailed. And I think I got emails back from five of the schools that I emailed. And this one just happened to um, pay the most. (laughs) I mean, that's important to consider, though. Yeah, definitely. The thing about Thailand is it's so cheap to live. I spent $250 on rent every month. My cell phone was $20 a month. Internet was $15. That's awesome. Yeah. So did did you have this job lined up before you went to Thailand or did you find it once you were already there? I got it lined up before I left. So I had already booked my ticket and it was a few weeks out before when I was going to leave. And I was planning to just go and like find a job once I got there. It was a, it was probably three weeks before I was leaving and I was like, I can't go there without a job. I like had a full on panic. Sure. So that's when I started looking for jobs and I found this job a week and a half before I was leaving and I was like hi I'll be there then they were like perfect I got there on Thursday and I started teaching on Friday that's crazy well what were you thinking the day before you left home and then the day (laughs) you got there what was that day like well right before I left I actually went to a Kenny Chesney concert with my mom like the most American thing that I could have possibly done and as we were driving home She was like, oh, do you want to just go to the beach and we'll spend the day at the beach and go home later? And I started sobbing and I was like, I just, I just want to be home. I just want to be sitting in my house for the day before that I left. And then I got home and I was like, I I wish I had gone to the beach. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a one-way ticket to Bangkok. I had no idea when I was going to be home again. It ended up being a full year. It was 364 days since I had been home when I went home. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, so it was a little it was a little daunting. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I got to Bangkok and they're like driving down the road in the taxi and like I'm not kidding, they have mile long billboards as you're leaving the airport and it's so hot and I was just like, what did I do? <laughs> but then you get settled and you get comfortable and you find an apartment and you make friends. I remember the day before I was leaving to come to Berlin and leaving Bangkok. And I was like, wow, like it's really, it is really, really super beautiful here. Like, and I will miss it a lot. That last day at home and that first day there were definitely like stressful, stressful times. I mean, I think anytime there's a big transition like that, it's going to be very scary. (laughs) What was life like as a teacher in Bangkok? Yeah, so I usually worked, what was it? On my busiest days, I would teach about six hours. On my quietest days, I taught two hours. 
so I taught English and social studies, but for first grade, but the way that their school was set up, it was a lot like middle school and high school in America, where you like change classrooms to go to the different teachers. Mm -hmm. So I had 50 students in total, but I only had 25 students at a time, which is still a ton of six year olds. <laughs> but now they were like such sweet kids they were all at different levels i had some kids that didn't speak any english and then i had some kids that were like reading kid books so it was a big big like breadth of ability but it was really nice because the kids who were like more advanced would help their classmates which was really really nice that's awesome we had a ton of holidays which was really nice because we were an international school. So we had Indian holidays, we had Thai holidays, we had Chinese holidays, we had Malaysian holidays. So all the holidays. <laughs> and they were also a Christian school. So we had three, three and a half weeks off during Christmas, which was also really nice. You're not going to find that with a lot of schools. <laughs> this one was exceptionally like a lot of days off. Typically, for Thai schools, you usually have a month off twice a year. Uh, what were you able to do on that holiday time? Were you able to travel around Thailand or other countries? Yeah. For one of the holidays, I went down to the islands and I did two of the islands. We island hopped a little bit. It was so cool. Like We went kayaking and we, <laughs> we went snorkeling, but fish really scare me. So I only did that for like a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. We went for like a hike one night. We ate so much food and so many coconuts. <laughs> we got massages on the beach. I remember like laying there. I was getting a coconut oil massage and I was like, wow, the waves crashing in the background, like beautiful smell of coconut oil and getting a massage. And I was just like, this is my life. <laughs> Aw, so good. I didn't go anywhere during my Christmas holiday. I don't know why. I think I just didn't want to go somewhere by myself and like all of my friends went home for Christmas. But I ended up um, fostering two kittens. <laughs> oh no, that's how it starts. I know. Well, here's my thing. I don't like cats. Obviously, I like kittens because I'm not the devil. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to get these kittens. I'm going to foster them. I'm going to nurse them back to health. And then they're going to go back to the shelter to get adopted after I put in all this good work and saved them. I am a great person. <laughs> and as you said, that was a mistake because it's been almost a year and now one of those kittens is biting my finger. So <laughs> yay! <laughs> yeah, so that kind of also... I don't want to say hindered, um, but it hindered my travel <laughs> for the rest of the year because it was a. Uh, it's a little bit harder to find a pet sitter in Thailand. I could have been your pet sitter. I hadn't met you yet at this point. I know it would have been so convenient. So the only other trip I made was to Chiang Mai, and I spent two days at the elephant sanctuary. That was amazing because elephants are super cool. Yeah, that's so cool. But those were really the only trips that I made. I know it's bad. No, it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> should have traveled more. You were busy. You were living life in Bangkok. All the life in Bangkok. But what were you saying? Oh, no. I was just going to ask you what your favorite teaching story was. My favorite teaching story? Oh, I came in on a Monday and it was just like, I just needed a weekend to recover from my weekend, but I had spent the weekend recovering. I just needed more. So it wasn't like I was out being crazy all weekend and like needed some extra. I was just tired. And <laughs> I'm tired. I walk up to my desk. I put my stuff down and I have one of my kids come up to me 
and he is so cute. He looks at me and he goes, Miss Allison, is it Friday yet? <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, wow, you're just speaking. You're just speaking my thoughts right now. I, I relate to you so much. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite story. These kids, they get me. That's so cute. Oh, and the only the other story. So all year, the kids would try to make paper airplanes in my classroom. And I'm like, that was my one thing. I was like, do not make paper airplanes in my classroom. I can't stand it. I hate it. And then they throw them around. And I'm like, ah. And sometimes they'll just be sitting there, like, folding them. And I would take them. And they'd be like, but I won't throw it. And I was like, yes, you will. I know you will. <laughs> So all year I've been like fighting this battle, trying to get rid of the paper airplanes. And so for the last day of school, we had our like goodbye party. And before we started our party, I had, I gave out paper to every kid and we had, we all made paper airplanes. Oh and gosh. then we went out into the football field and did a, a paper airplane competition to see who's could go furthest. <laughs> so that was my favorite whole class story. Yeah, it was really fun. I love that. We had a good time. <laughs> well, what's your biggest piece of advice for someone looking to follow in your footsteps? Uh, my biggest piece of advice, and I always say this, is just go for it. It's it's scary. It definitely is to just buy a one-way plane ticket to the other side of the planet. But like, you won't regret it. Even if you get to somewhere and you're like, wow, I hate it here, go somewhere else. You're going to find a place that fits you perfectly. But like I said, I cried the day before I left. I know it's really scary, but just go for it. Just go. Just get on the plane. Go take an adventure. Yes, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling your story about Bangkok. That sounds like an amazing experience. And well, normally this is the part in the show where we would answer some listener questions, but this is our first episode, so we don't have any listener questions. And we, we really considered making up fake ones. <laughs> But don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so we we need your help to do this next segment. So if you have questions about teaching abroad, if you have questions about Bangkok or teaching online or anything related to cats, <laughs> couldn't ask those questions. Um, feel free to send them over to teachabroadpod at gmail.com. That's spelled just like it sounds, teachabroadpod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a Twitter now, by the way. I set it up last night. Uh, That's at teachabroadpod. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want more, make sure to click that subscribe button in whatever podcast app you are listening on. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, tweet your favorite episodes, Instagram it, you know, you know what to do. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. It's been super fun. Happy teaching and happy traveling.